So we shift, right? I don't have the things that allow for the shift to happen because I told you early this morning uh, that Murphy has come and invaded uh, the system that we use. So Murphy is basically still in charge. So in the absence of that, I'm shifting gear and I'm going to the consumer talk with Lionel Makogotlela because this morning Lionel is dealing with tips for those whose cars are stolen and how to claim from your insurance policy stats for the year 20. 2019-2020 have revealed that around 128 cars and motorcycles are stolen on South African roads each and every day. Lionel Makokotela, the founder at Financial Wise Corner, is my guest in the studio. So you get there, Lionel, and you say, I was sure I had parked right here. It was right here. I, it was here. And the yes. spot is empty. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear good me? Good morning, uh, Mim, and good morning to your listeners. And that is basically that is basically what happens for most people who just happen to be going to the store and come back and just their car vanished. And now they have to look under the dustbin and like, hey, man, I'm sure my car was here or something like that. It's and not the funny, trauma of so that sad. is just so impactful. And it is the reality that most South Africans actually have to live with uh, daily. So what's the first thing that you need to do after your car is stolen and you've looked under the dustbin and you realize, no, it's a whole car. I can't have packed it under the dustbin. The very first thing to do is to alert your vehicle tracking company and make sure that uh, you inform them about your car being uh, stolen. And then the second thing that I would actually advise people to do is to actually Take the matter to the social media. We've seen how social media can be quite impactful, especially when it comes to stolen goods or uh, stolen properties, where you can use Twitter, Insta, Twitter, Facebook, and just really try to share as much information about your car as possible and also include uh, pictures on it. And if you do happen to follow, like, let's say, this uh, security companies, make it a point that you also post on their pages because they also have patrollers on the road to actually do the uh, uh, routine uh, checks within specific areas. So they might be able to spot your car uh, if uh, you are lucky. So that is basically step number one. Then step number two is to actually get in touch with your SAPS, mm. uh, which is the police station. Go there as soon as possible. Mm. Make it a point that you um, you report your car stolen and try to give them as much information as possible. If you actually have, let's say, um, the VIN number uh, of your vehicle, which is the vehicle identification number, the make, the model, as well as the color, that would be very much helpful so that they can actually put it on their database to so flag the, the it on all. So the VIN number is which one? It's the one that's on the on the traffic disc uh, that's on the on yes. the windscreen of the car, right? That's right. That's right. Yes, okay. that's the one. Mm-hmm. So you need to, I keep saying to all my clients that make it a point that you take a picture of that uh, because uh, the, the in, in the most likely, yes, of the disc yeah. itself. Yeah. So that in the event that uh, your car gets to be stolen, you actually have all the information and try to also have the pay, uh, the, the pictures of your car uh, just so that at least they can actually see what it looks like. If then there were dents or any other modification on the car, 
that would actually be also be helpful for them to actually make it a point that they tend to look out for your car. Is there anything specific you need to be telling the police? Because, you know, you're in a state, obviously, after your car has been uh, stolen. You don't want to forget any important piece of information when you report it. Is there, you know, other tips in terms of what pieces of information that you give the, the, the police when you're there and what you fundamentally should not forget to give them? The most important thing is actually um, the getting the case number, mm. uh, the case number of the of your reporting, because that would actually be what you need to inform your insurer. And insofar as for getting information, the police would actually take you through the whole process of making it a point that they explain everything to you. So there wouldn't be anything that you would miss out in terms of sharing the information. What they will do is that when they actually get the incident report, they actually have uh, questions that they need to fill out just so that they actually have comprehensive information with regard to uh, to your vehicle that has been stolen and also where you were sta- uh, where you were stationed uh, by the time then the vehicle was actually stolen so they would actually walk you throughout that whole process so there isn't much to worry about i understand that you would be panicking and in some cases it might also trigger trauma mm. of then uh, unresolved uh, issues and this is where then the third uh, stage would be I would actually advise everybody to actually book themselves to go and see a psychologist just so that they can actually they can actually learn to deal with the trauma that they actually experience but equally just so that they actually now know how to then deal with anything that might be actually coming to the fourth because in most cases most South Africans we'd never really uh, deal with our traumas by going to a psychologist so that we get to be equipped with proper ways of dealing with anything that was traumatic yeah. most of us tend to say ah you know what I'm okay I'm strong I'll overcome this but lo and behold when things start triggering you may find that it actually affects you in your personal life your professional life in your life Love life. So just to make it a point that we actually try to mitigate anything from sipping out of control, go and see a psychologist. They will actually consult with you and then determine how many sessions you will need in so far as dealing with the trauma that you've actually had to encounter. Because people deal with different uh, de- deal with trauma differently based on the capacity of how much they can actually withhold of that trauma. Yeah. So it is very important that people actually do that. Yeah. If you've had your car stolen, by the way, and uh, you want to ask Lionel a question, please call us on 86 and uh, talk us through uh, the process if you've had any challenges yourself after your car was stolen. 86 or send us a WhatsApp on 061-410-4107. 061-410-4107. And then step number three. Because you've, you've, you've activated the tracking device and you've gone to the police station. Yes. And then the next thing is actually uh, to report your car stolen to your insurance company. The sooner you tell your insurance company about the theft of your vehicle, the sooner it will start processing your claim and the sooner you'll be able to get a new set of of wheels. And uh, you will also need to submit uh, certain documents during the claim process. This would actually include the report of the police report. 
the case number, a copy of the vehicle registration, a certified copy of your ID and forms that will give the insurance uh, consent to access the report, uh, the police report, and a broader movement of your car. So what normally happens when your vehicle has been stolen, uh, the insurance company will also conduct their own investigation mm. just so that they get to uh, uh, verify or uh, verify any internal processes that they actually had to adhere to because uh, truth be told, insurance companies are in the business of making money. But when it comes to paying, most of the time they will actually try to find any loophole to not pay for any claims that might actually be illegitimate. Mm -hmm. So they would actually try to embark on that process just to see what actually transpired. When you stated and what you stated under oath versus what you are now saying to them and versus what they actually find out once they start their own investigations. Just to uh, off track a little bit. So what normally happens when uh, this process of the insurance company uh, takes place, most people tend to lie when it comes to what they state at the police station. And when the insurance company finds new information, they would actually utilize that to simply say that what you did was actually fraudulent and you lied and therefore your claim is not going to be valid and they are actually going to reject it. So So the most important thing... So essentially you're saying what what you tell the insurance has to be in tandem with what you've said at the police station. If there's a discrepancy between the two, then the insurance company is most likely to say, you know, there's, you know, we smell a rat here and and end up maybe even rejecting your claim. That's right. Um, you, you, uh, when you actually uh, find an insurance company, they would actually ask you information. Do you have a, a garage that is locked up? Mm-hmm. And most people say yes, mm-hmm. whilst they don't actually have it. Mm-hmm. And then in most cases, then they would actually ask you, where do you reside? People tend to give uh, wrong addresses to say they reside in a certain area and only to find that they reside in area where when you look at the uh, rates of crime within those specific areas they are actually different Mm. so if you then claim to say that you actually have a garage whilst your car was actually stolen outside a garage that is actually a a factual lie because Mm. the insurance company when they gave you a quotation it was based on the information that you gave them so you misled them as a as a client Mm. and that on its own you cannot actually hold them accountable for something that you should have actually been honest about and the other thing is also where people tend to say that uh, they were actually at home whilst they were actually either parting or something Mm -hmm. where then you'd find that the information given it actually does not correspond with what they find out once they actually uh, request their investigators to actually go and do the uh, the investigations so it is very important and i would like to stress this that our clients tell the truth when it comes to this sort of uh, information because such information is very critical in terms of making sure that you get charged accordingly and you also make it upon that you become a reliable uh, client to the service provider. So once that entire process is done, uh, the reporting of the car, uh, what happens after that? The going to the police station, the activating your tracking device, what happens after that? Then what will happen is that the insurance company will then process your claim and they will make it upon that uh, they uh, 
they satisfy their own internal processes where they take all the T's and cross all the, uh, the X's and make it upon that uh, if, um, for example, let's say then uh, the, the insurance uh, will pro uh, will deduct any excess uh, it pays before excess uh, uh, before it pays you. If you owe the bank more than uh, your car is insured for, you will need to pay the shortfall. You uh, you can also add a shortfall cover to your uh, policy to avoid this. Uh, should uh, you basically have the financial muscle to actually do so. In some cases, uh, what uh, insurance will do, uh, if uh, then you actually have an option of uh, getting a hired car, they will actually provide you with that until then the whole uh, uh, the whole ecosystem is actually completed. And once that is completed, uh, it, you might also be in the process where they, they replace your car. Mm. In some cases, it might just simply be where you get uh, financial uh, backing, where they pay you back the money mm -hmm. and you'll just actually have to buy your own car uh, going forward. Yeah. And then in terms of issues of access, because that's something that always happens, what happens with that? What normally happens is uh, they would, what uh, insurance companies would do is to simply say that this is the value of the uh, uh, of the car. Mm. This is how much you've actually contributed thus far. This is how much then uh, we can actually uh, give you uh, based on then the agreement that we had with you. And then, um, then uh, you will actually have to pay X amount of money just so that the whole process goes forward. And you will just actually have to pay, uh, then pay that access uh, to then the insurance company so that they can actually fulfill then, uh, the internal processes. Okay. We've got some callers for you. Uh, we also have some voice notes. Let's uh, start with George and Nigel, uh, who wants to talk about a hijacking incident. Hi, George. Hi, TJ. How are you um, and your kids? Uh, we're good. Thank you, George. Yeah, okay, let me get to the point. I was hijacked twice. First, 20 February 2020. We recovered the car, the insurance, fixed it, where it was damaged and so forth. And again, in Takane, 7 April 2021, the car, it's, in a, it's a food that It was hijacked. The insurance uh, did everything well. I don't have to complain about insurance. My challenge was with the <laughs> this ex uh, company tractor. What they did was uh, they this thing of saying if they don't recover the car, they'll be paying you one fifty, hundred and fifty thousand. Mm -hmm. Now my challenge with them was that <laughs> while I was still waiting, because I didn't plan for the car to be hijacked, mm -hmm. I was still going through the uh, the, the police were in this were investigating even themselves, they're still you know trying to track the kind of what after a month when I told them they said no, I was late with the claim, why do I did it after a month? But I said guys whether I read the fine lines or not, but I called that company trigger through a phone. I, I was hoping that they would find my time so forth. Mm. So I was penalized for I was penalized for for that. I, I did not do it immediately. So I was a little bit confused how you police are still investigating. On the other hand I must claim for insurance. Even if the insurance didn't claim immediately. I waited for the police to conclude and say no, we're not getting your card. That, that is the first one. The last question is I was at the last one. I was hijacked on the seventh of April, 2021. The police came to visit me or to see me on the 14th. I mean, not talking of a car; it's a moving target. That's all the case. Thank you. Yeah. So the the tracking company was meant to pay George, I think, 150,000 rands, and then they complained and said uh, yes. he was he was late, Lionel. 
in reporting I it? think uh, yes if if he really wants to actually challenge them he can actually take the matter to goods and service ombudsman and uh, basically try to uh, make it upon that um the, uh, the 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 company actually acted unlawfully in this regard or unfairly, uh, given the fact that they were aware of uh, then the incident that actually his car was hijacked. So they themselves should have actually uh, made it a point that they give that information to then the client. It's also not so good for a company to now claim the fact that uh, this was actually in the T's and C's of the contract that you signed, and therefore we are not going to uh, make to it a point out. that we remind you yeah. of it uh, once you actually have to go through then the process of uh, reporting the matter. The truth of the matter is that when you are when you have been hijacked, you go through a traumatic uh, process, yeah. and some of these small little terms and conditions you are going to forget them, and for a uh, for, for an insurance company to actually utilize that against you when you have actually reported a, a, a an incident to them, it's actually unfair and it's also unprofessional on their part where they are just now trying to really uh, play a chess game with people's emotions. So he can actually just approach goods and service ombuds and really report that. There's also insurance ombudsman that he can actually approach and in terms of actually making it a point that he's not happy with the way that the insurer actually treated him and they would actually investigate to then see and uh, weigh then the merits of what he's actually saying versus then the merits of what then the insurance company says and they will come to a the, they will they will come hello can you hear me yes that was on your side Lionel sorry go on so, sorry about that um then what he can actually do with uh Within, uh, after reporting to the insurance ombudsman, he can actually make it upon that they will actually make it upon that they actually come back with an uh, outcome based on then the inputs that they receive from the insurance company as well as his uh, uh, inputs, and then make it upon that they uh, give a ruling in that regard. So, so when it comes the, to then the last, it's the goods and service ombudsman and the insurance ombudsman. Yes, that's right. Okay, and when it comes to. No, I, I, I was just saying, then the last question, he spoke about then the police. I think uh, he referred to police actually having uh, investigated they, a couple of came, days later. They I'm came seven sure. days after he reported the car uh, missing. Um, with regard to that, I think he can also complain at the very same police station to find out why they did so, uh, given the fact that uh, in most cases, uh, the insurance uh, terms and conditions indicate that you need to report your matter within 24 hours. And if uh, if it's in a if then there was any uh, like a situation where one person died in the process, you need to make it upon that you report that as soon as possible, uh, just so that they are aware of that uh, outcome. Yeah. So if then the police did not actually do their jobs, it would be a case of going to then the police station, uh, seeing then the police uh, captain who's in, actually in charge of that specific police station, lodge a formal complaint, and then see what then comes out of the investigation. If he's not happy with that, he can actually uh, approach, I think it's iPad, where he can actually now, it's an independent body that actually oversees mm. uh, the functioning or the 
service offering of police uh, services to then the uh, citizens of South Africa. He can actually approach them. They would basically be able to investigate this matter by going to then the police station to find out what then the captain did once he actually uh, was uh, aware of the complaint pertaining to then the poor service that the client was actually complaining about. And then who were then the investigators and really try to find out what sort of steps did they take? Is it a key issue of uh, not having resources or was it an issue of people not taking the, uh, the, the crime reported seriously. So those are just some of the uh, things that he can do. But given the fact that he has actually had two cases of a hijack, I would simply say that he mustn't just take it lightly that it's just an hijack and he's okay. Mm. He must actually go and see a psychologist just so that he gets to deal mm. with some of the traumas that he might have actually experienced. Because as we know, some in some cases, hijack tends to happen where there's a gun or knife involved or some form of violence. Mm. And people feel very vulnerable, and especially men, where they feel that I should have done something to protect myself. But in reality, you do not have to do anything. All you just need to do is to work on your psyche just so that you know how to then deal with this uh, when uh, when it sort of like come to the fourth uh, in the event that uh, trauma sort of like plays out itself yeah. in an unethical way. Okay. Okay, Colin in Cape Town, you continue paying a kind installment for a stolen car. Good morning, Colin. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just giving the example. I'm asking a question. Yeah. Good, uh, good morning to your guest. Um, I never heard you say you must notify your bank. Now, what if you got a uh, you owe a hundred thousand rand on on the on the uh, you you owe it to the bank a hundred thousand. Your car gets stolen, and. Um, the insurance only pays you, I'd say, 50000 Now, do you continue or give the 50000 to the bank? And another thing, too, is what if they find your car after they've uh, uh, paid, paid you out? out? And uh, what happens to the car when they find it? Can I listen on the radio, please? Sure, Colin, sure. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I think uh, important hypothetical questions there that Colin is asking, Lionel. Very important one. So it does so happen that you report a car that has been stolen and at some stage it gets to be uh, found. But if then it gets to be found once the insurance has paid out everything to you as then the rightful owner, then the, uh, the car then belongs to then the insurance company. Whatever was inside the car that was actually found to be yours, it would then be given to you. That is then the short answer to that. And uh, Colin actually mentioned something about a shortfall where then the insurance would say, for example, you owe the bank 100,000 uh, 100, yes. and then the insurance and the insurance gives you then 50,000. Mm -hmm. Then the other 50,000, it's a, it's then the shortfall that you as the owner of the car would need to pay. So in that case, if then they give you 50,000, uh, you actually are liable for then the uh, remainder of the 50,000. So you need to make it upon that you speak to then the, uh, the bank and make it upon that the car was actually stolen. But in, in this case, there is 50000 that I'm willing to pay at this point in time. And then the remainder of the 50000 we can actually come to an arrangement of uh, the new terms and conditions. Or if then they are willing to get into that with you, then you actually pay it uh, back to them. Yeah. And then what happens if the car is found before, you know, uh, uh, you know after the claim has been processed? Once the claim has been processed, then uh, remember you then, uh, then that, 
they terminate they 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 comes a terminate they there will be a termination of you being the owner of the car mm-hmm. because then the insurance has done what was rightfully theirs in terms of making sure that they pay you your money and if then the car gets to be found after the whole process has taken place then the car belongs to then the insurance company okay um, you your new comp your new car that has been given to you then becomes yours then that car becomes then the insurance uh insurance company's car where they can either sell it on auction or whatever they decide to do with it it's no longer your problem basically it's no longer your problem because they've already settled that they've already closed that chapter by making sure that they uh, provide you with then the new car or then in in a case where they didn't provide you with a then a new car, then they, they page out for whatever was actually outstanding towards the car. Yeah. So it no longer becomes your baby. It becomes the insurance company's baby. Okay. But in some cases, some insurance would actually say that they are not in the business of selling cars. And if you want to buy it back from them, then you can actually speak to them and then hear what then the terms and new conditions are going to be. And if then they are willing to actually sell it to you. Okay. We have a voice note, Lionel. Okay. Thank you. Good morning, Oskeji, and good morning to Lionel. Um, my friend's car was stolen, and he had skipped one month of uh, 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 his insurance payments. So now the car is gone. The tracker can't find it. They found the, 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 the devices somewhere thrown in a, in, in a ditch somewhere. So now the car is gone. So what is his recourse now? Yeah. Okay. This happens quite often. So what normally happens is that the insurance companies, they do have a cooling off period. Let's say, for example, you are going through a financial turmoil where you are actually not working. You can actually inform them beforehand to simply say that for the next three months, um, I won't be able to pay uh, for my insurance. And as a result, can we actually relook at the, uh, the contract's terms and conditions and see if you would be able to accommodate me? But if then they are simply saying that they won't be able to accommodate you, then it means you do not have insurance coverage. In the event that they say that they will actually accommodate you, you will actually have uh, uh, insurance coverage. So in this case, I'm not quite sure if he had informed then the insurance company to simply say that he's got financial issues for one month and you won't be able to pay. If he just did not actually inform them, which is what most people tend to do, is that unfortunately he is not covered because he broke then the contractual agreement that he had within the insurance company the least uh, that is basically the uh, the risk that he was willing to take and that is how they are actually going to interpret it and that's also how then the third party person who's actually might be investigating this might actually look at it uh, from that angle to simply say that you had an opportunity but you never actually communicated with them and then as a result Unfortunately, your car was stolen or was involved in a car accident and you actually had not adhered to the terms and conditions of your contract. Yeah. Therefore, you it's your own loss. So your contact details, Lionel, if anybody wants to get in touch, your office? 065-693-1291. 065-693-1291. Okay. Thank you, Lionel. Thank you for your time. It's 1101. Luanda Maome is standing by with the latest news.